Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. This is episode 161. It's the late mail edition for round three, the all-important final round where we can make trades before players' prices change. As we've discussed in a lot of detail, there's some critical moves, so no doubt we're all scratching our heads, wondering what the best moves will be. And uh, as always, I'll be here to try sift through as many of your questions as possible. And firstly, I'm going to be joined by Wacker's Whispers with his late mail for this week. So without further ado, let's jump straight into that. You've got mail, baby, yeah. All right, it's a massive welcome back to Wacko Jacko himself, uh, bringing us his late mail for this week. Mate, firstly, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Bit of a down week with the scoring last week, but not much we can do, eh? Yeah, that's it. And uh, hopefully you're travelling much better than I am, super coach wise But... Look, not going to beat around the bush. It's round three. It's an all-important round. We need your mail, man. <laughs> what, what is happening this week? Let's jump straight into the first game. And obviously, that's the Dragons and the Sharks tonight. Um, yeah, so not much doing tonight. Expecting both teams to be 1-17. Um, Jack Bird and uh, Josh Kerr both passed their HIAs last week during the game. And um, they trained this week, so they'll be good to go. Yep. Um, Suo came off with a foot complaint. Uh, but trained with the squad this week also, um, so he'll be right to go. Um, their plan is to try and get and buy to play the full 80s because they've got no bench in full year. Sharks should be just as usual with um, Itavalu, Jordan Tracy on that left-hand side. Uh, the only change I'm expecting is when uh, Trindle comes on, I'm expecting him to take up the golfing duties ahead of uh, Nico Hines. Really? Okay, that's not great news um, for perspective and, and current Hines Managers there, so uh, I mean, you know, is is he coming on to play hooker? Yes. All right. So hopefully, probably only be about 20, 20 to twenty five minutes. All right. So I guess that's probably uh, not great news for Blake Braley either, uh, in terms of his minutes and output. Yeah, exactly. Too easy. All right. Moving on to the next game, the Tigers and the Warriors. Firstly, how are you feeling about your Tigers this week? <laughs> uh, just. Uh not very good, but, you know, if we don't win this game, we probably don't win for another six or eight weeks. So then we've got to play them later on in the year over New Zealand for the first game back. So if we can't <laughs> win this week, we'll probably never win, eh? Oh, that's, that's the uh, pessimism you'd love to hear from a Tigers fan. <laughs> you, you have to go in um, with low expectations, and if they win, it's all gravy on top. <laughs> all right, so obviously your 5'8 so, your Jackson Hastings was rubbed out for three weeks, uh, failing at yep. the judiciary, so are we looking to see Jock Madden? Yeah, Jock Madden will come in and uh, replace him at, uh, in the halves. We'll probably have another out with James Roberts, out with the knee injury also. Right. Which we'll see um, Stafford Teller come out of the uh, centre and make his uh, club debut. Okay. Um, the other interesting thing will be goal kicking if we do score any points. Uh, I'll probably expect Jock Madden to actually uh, kick ahead of Luke Brooks. Okay. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. All right, no worries. And I guess. And jo- James Carmel and uh, Jacob Little, Little are both good to go after they train in the squad this week. All right, and obviously uh, Lou Garner's in for a week or so, maybe uh, just while Tui Lungi's out for the week due to the yep. HI protocols. Yeah, correct. Um, only reason he's out is due to the five-day turnaround, so all going well, he should be back next week. Come on, come on. All right, sounds good. And on the Warriors side, any any mail there? Uh, not really. Um, Tom, um, Adam Pompey um, picked up a knock last week um, so to the ankle, so he could be in some doubt. 
And we've got Adam Samuel Blakey out with a hand injury, but I expect both of them to be able to be able to be fit and play. Yeah, please, because I'd rather not have to uh, lose Fanua Blake this week <laughs> with yeah. scratching around for players already. Exactly. All right, no worries. Then moving to the, I guess maybe potentially, you would have thought this might have been the game of the round, but Rabbitohs and yeah, the Roosters. Uh, ha- any mail in this one here? Uh, so interesting uh, with the Roosters, expect, uh, sorry, the Bunnies expecting them to be uh, 1-17. to mm-hmm. um, Keep. Keep an eye out with uh, Damian Cook, who went down with a leg injury last week and couldn't finish the game off. Uh, from what I saw, he did train this week, so all going well. Uh, Liam Knight plays his uh, first game back uh, for the season uh, after all the off-season surgery. Um, Roosters have got a couple in doubt with Watson in doubt with the shoulder. Yep. Uh, you've got Tupanua um, um, having to pass the HIA protocols. Um, if he's ruled out, Crichton will come back into the starting side. And you'll probably either get uh, Fafita or White come onto the bench. Yep. And Joey Manu should be sweet to play after his uh, knee injury last week. All right. So I guess with Tupanua, we're just hanging out to see if he's at the captain's run. So no doubt we'll yep. all be watching out for those uh, training pictures there. And so just on Crichton, so this is an actually it's actually a benching, isn't it? It's not like he's yeah, playing. Yeah, benching due to form. Yep. So he's not going to... Kick up the bum. <laughs> Hopefully... Um, Improves his super stage scores also. Yeah, yeah. So is the idea for him to come on and play middle or not really sure? Um, most likely, I'd say probably come on after 20, 25 minutes uh, out on the edge uh, and uh, Butcher will move into the middle. Okay. All right. So ultimately, not great news for Nat Butcher either because a lot of people were hoping he'd get 80 minutes on an edge. And it sounds like, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a mess until... Robbo gets uh, what he wants out of benching Angus Crichton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. And if, if Watson is ruled out uh, because of his shoulder injury, are we going to expect to see, what, Lussick come in? or? Will yeah, we... so Hutchison would start and then Lussick would come onto the bench as his replacement. Yep, gotcha. All right, no worries. Thank you for that. Now, on to the first game for Saturday. So this might actually be a game of the round. First versus second, yeah. Panthers and yeah. the Knights. Top of the table, eh? Yeah, and look, I saw your tweet before. Bad news, obviously. So Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin, and obviously we expected Cleary out, but the other two, that's not great news. Yeah, so um, Cook would, uh, sorry, Cleary would definitely be back next week. Um, Liam Martin's out with a leg injury. Not sure if it's a knee or a hammy. Um, and Fisher-Harris is out with these uh, shoulder injury. Yep. So I would expect um, Chris, Chris Smith to come in and start on the edge. Or either Jamin Salmon, but more likely the Smiths. And then with the front rowers, probably see Jermaine Hopgood coming onto the bench and more than likely Spencer Lanou to start. Yep. Um, also, Scott, uh, Scott Sorensen is in some doubt also after suffering a wrist injury last week. Yep. Um, but from what I can, I, I've found out, he should be right to play. All right. And there's no mucking around with Tell and May and Robert Jennings, right? It's definitely got to be Talon. Definitely. All right. That's good news. He'll line up on uh, that left. Left side, outside Tiger. Yeah, I mean, that, that might be a, a, an area they attack, right? Two young rookies, inexperienced in, in defence, I guess you could say. Yeah, 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 they will attack it, but I think they've, got the, they've played juniors together and um, they've played on the same side of the field through their juniors, so they should have a decent combination. Yeah, um, fair enough. From the junior footy. All right, that's, that's good to know. And obviously for the Knights, uh, any mail there? Uh, not really, as far as I've been. I haven't been able to confirm it, but Tonga should return from his knee injury. Probably have to have a fitness test on Friday just to confirm that. Um, 
the speed, he's all good to come back from his um his leg injury that he's missed the opening few rounds. Um, so yeah, they're expected to be one to seventeen. The only other thing I picked up with the Knights during the week is um, basically Brody Jones, who's been out injured uh, with a quad strain, is actually currently in COVID protocols. Right. So um, that's the reason why he hasn't come back from injury as yet. All right. So it, it may not be too far away, basically. Yeah, correct. Now, I think you just have to go through the seven days, maybe build up some of the fitness after he's missed the opening round. But yeah, he should be back in the next coming weeks. All right. So obviously that's going to make things a little bit dicey for, you know, I guess, I guess Leah Thompson, Momosia, all their job security could be a little bit up in the air. Now, I, I don't know if you've seen, but there's a little bit of a rumour floating around for Kurt Mann. Apparently hurt his leg or something like that. I don't know if you heard anything yet. No, I haven't seen or heard anything. Right. Might be something to keep an eye out for. Just, um, you know, it could just be a Facebook or Twitter rumour, but, you know, us super coaches, we're paranoid about all of these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Storm and Eels. Uh, could be a great game, but unfortunately the Storm are missing half their team, it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, with Grant and Wishard both out with COVID, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because from what what someone's told me is Brandon Smith and um, Cooper Johns also live in the same apartment block on the same level as the guys and use joint amenities. So um sounds like they will be out as well as being close contact. So, I mean, surely, um, surely Brandon wasn't playing anywhere, right? He's No, well, he only got the cast off the other day. He did train, I think it was on Wednesday, without the cast and everything like that. Okay. Um, you'd have to get surgeon clearance, which I don't, I don't think you would have yet. But it's all about pain management with that also. Yep. And with him being a broken bone, there's no way to actually needle it up. So I don't think he would be playing anyhow. Um, yep. So it's going to be interesting to see. Jaden Nicarima will probably start at uh, hooker. Chris Lewis will probably come on the bench. Um, but it's also interesting to see that the Storm have rushed down Tyson Smoothie from Queensland Cup um, to join the, uh, join the Storm squad in the next week. I'll currently... He flew down yesterday, uh, so depending on how things go, if he's um, put in the squad, he'll definitely play Smoothie. That's what I was wondering, because from what I can see, I mean, Smoothie didn't have a contract for 2022. No, correct. So basically, they've signed um, both William Samuel, who did pre-season with the Storm, and Smoothie, they've both signed a trial and training contract for four weeks, right, um, which basically makes them eligible to be selected with the, all the COVID stuff this year with trial and team. Sneaky. Sneaky. And I know Bronson Garlic, he was there also, you know, he can play a little bit of hooker. Any sign of him or? He basically did a knee injury in Queensland Cup last week. Oh, no, that's horrible. So that's pretty much uh, wiped him off. If he if he didn't, he definitely would have been playing this weekend. And uh, I know I'm just rolling through the names, but Cole Geyer, so Mark Geyer's nephew. And yep. I know he is a, on a development contract and he's a hooker too. Was he cited or? So he's been playing Jersey, actually Jersey flag. Right. Um, quite so nice I don't think he's, yeah, that, I don't think he's in the mix at the moment. Um, probably with Smoothie having a few games last week, uh, last year, they're more confident with him than throwing the rookie into the deep end. Thank you for that information. Really interesting. Obviously, we'll have to just wait and see and see what the Storm end up naming. On the eel side, anything uh, that we need to keep an eye out for? Uh, not really. Expecting them to be 9-17. to 17. Um, Moses is good to go after he trained this week, after his cork on his thigh. Um, did train with like strap, uh, strapping and padding on his right upper thigh. Um, so that's just probably something to keep an eye out. And I'd expect that Guffo will be getting the golfing students instead of Moses this week. Yep. Um, also, when Greg comes on the bench uh, to play his first game of the year. 
Yeah, looking forward to seeing him. I know he, he looked really, really he quite looks fun. A bit looks a bit different now without any hair. He basically shaved his head, head, head the other week, so oh, he's a no. new dogman. So it's going to be interesting to see how he looks out in the field when he used to have that long, long hair down the back. I was about to say I was looking forward to seeing that flowing hair, but that's that's a bit of a downside. Uh, and yeah. Look, so is Jake Arthur, is he actually out for injury or something else, or is he being... Uh, appendicitis. Right. As far so. as I know, from what it was uh, quite, uh, the club said on uh, Tuesday, he had surgery for, I think it was appendicitis or something like that. So uh, he's out for roughly a week or so. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. I know all of us Dylan Brown owners were desperately help, hoping he'd actually been uh, left off the team sheet for another reason, but it's all right. On to the Saturday evening game. So the Raiders and the Titans. What are you hearing in this one? Um, yeah, so um, yeah, a couple of changes or potential changes for the Raiders is um, Quattrick with his quad. He didn't train earlier on the week, so um, be interesting to see whether he's going to be able to be fit to play. Um, be interesting to see if he's in out, whether they name Chris like they did last week. Um, but I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Savage in onto the wing um, to get him some game time. So something to keep an eye out. Um, also, Schneider didn't train, uh, train earlier on week, in the week of the COVID protocols. Was not back yet? Um, so just something to keep an eye on. So yeah. So do you think uh, he's but, in doubt to play, or is he? I, I don't. I don't think it's just when when they did the training earlier on the week. I think it might have been his last day while he was still in um, his ISO. So um, I haven't heard. I haven't seen or heard that he's um, returned to training yet. So um, you just never know. Okay, all right. So just maybe make plans to potentially not have him just in case. Yeah, exactly. All right. And aside from that, my, my boy Tom Starling, he's fine. <laughs> no, he's going to yeah, start. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's just, he's just got to learn to pass it to the, um, the uh, player's chest and not up to his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he's uh, not as uh, off target as he was last week. That wasn't great for him. Yeah, and he's got, they're going to, they've been trying. Training probably as a utility um, this preseason. Yep. So he'll probably spend 15, 20 minutes at that hooker during the second half of the game. Yeah, let's hope let's hope Starling's having a better game and Ricky decides to keep Frawley off because I don't think anybody wins when Frawley's on the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so with the Titans, uh, only issue with the Titans is um, Isaac Liu, who's in the uh, H, uh, concussion protocols at the moment. Yep. So he'll have to go through the process and... Um, his fitness. If he's not, um, Jared Wallace would come onto onto the bench with one of the bench uh, players. Starting. All right, and look, you probably don't have any info on this, but Dev Feeder, we're expecting him to play eighty minutes this time, right? <laughs> Correct. It was basically just a heat heat thing last week, and he was cramping up like a lot of the Titans. Okay. Um, so there was a few issues with the um, hydration management last week. Gotcha. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention with the Titans is. Uh, last week in Queensland, uh, Tane Boyd fractured his eye socket. Oh, no. And he's out for four to, four to six weeks. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> just That just puts the context of um, the psycho signing into, like, why are they buying more outside backs when they clearly need a hooker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, look, onto the Sunday games, Broncos and the Cowboys. So Broncos, I'm sure we're probably seeing. Uh, so Paddy Carrigan limped off, right knee concern. Brendan Piakura playing with the reserves um, in the opposed session limped off with a hamstring injury, so not great for the Broncos there. But uh, any other mail from them? No, not, not that I know of. So um, other than those two couple you mentioned there, you should see whether they get fit. Um, 
mainly with the Cowboys is he's not caught who's back after his hamstring injury. Um, the only other thing I want to mention is uh, both the rookie second rowers, Luki and Nani, uh, both been carrying uh, injuries. Um, Nani picked up a left uh, knee injury but trained this weekend, and Luki uh, uh, picked up a cork to his right quad. So, um, but they both trained, so I don't think they're in any doubt. doubt. It's just um, a management issue, injury management issue. Okay. Hopefully, um, no no minutes concerns for Nani there. <laughs> They should be fine, you know, 60 or 80 minutes, they should be all right. All right, no worries there. So then the last game of the round, the Seagulls and the Bulldogs. What are you hearing for this one? So Seagulls have got uh, Dylan Walker in doubt after he failed his HIA and he did a concussion protocol. Yep. Um, didn't train this week, so um interesting to see if he passes everything and is able to be fit to play. Uh, if he's ruled out, you'll see Morgan Boyle come onto the bench. Right. So that would be the only change for them. And with the doggies, um, just expecting the same changes last week where um, Thompson's, Luke Thompson returns to the bench, Corey Waddell starts on the edge, and Penguin Junior moves up to top to play in the middle for the game. Okay, so we, we basically yeah. are expecting to see Pangai's in the middle for the time being? Yeah, yeah correct. So All I right. think it's just a, with, uh, it's a manage, uh, injury management load issue where he's coming back off that minor hamstring issue, yep. just not fit to play... Um, Play the 80 minutes on the edge, probably be you know a few weeks until he gets his match fitness up, unless he gets suspended. Yeah, fair enough. And just real quick, so you mentioned Morgan Boyle would likely replace Dylan Walker, so we wouldn't see Cooler come back on because he was kind of playing that utility role. Potentially, but from what I saw at training this week, Morgan Boyle was a bit involved, so okay. um, that's why I'm tipping him to come onto the bench. Yeah, fair enough. All right, that's uh, yeah, good to know then. Well, look, thanks again for giving us all the mail. Plenty to digest and, you know, I've got to rework some of my trade plans now just to think about things. But, no, I really do appreciate your time as always, mate. We'll catch you again next week, eh? All good, mate. Thanks for that. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Thanks, as always, to Wacko Jacko for coming on and chatting with us, jumping straight to your questions. As always, going to take some questions from the Champs Discord as well as off Twitter, and here we go. First question comes in from the Champs Discord. Comes in from Puzzles46s. He asks, if Turbo gets down to a certain dollar amount cash-wise, as he bottoms out, is he a buy? And who would you sell to bring him in? Might be the same question. That needs to be updated uh, as an answer every week from here on out. Yeah, look, I think it's just going to be a week-to-week process. You know, nothing I've seen from rounds one and two from either Turbo or the Seagulls makes me want to rush out and buy them at this stage. So not that I'm overly convinced by either, you know, Teddy or uh, Pappenhausen or anybody so far, and I just think you're going to let Turbo drop. You're going to watch him every week. The moment he finally clicks or the Seagulls click or whatever, I think that's when you would actually... You know, maybe make plans to pull the trigger. Um, I do think yeah, what happens this round will make a huge difference to what's going to happen in the coming few weeks. Because if he fails again against the Bulldogs, then there's a massive question mark, obviously, about whether Turbo, you know, where, where his price will actually bottom out and whether you actually jump on before he bottoms out if he starts seeing some better signs in the coming weeks. So, yeah, I just kind of have to wait and see on that one. This question comes from Harry. Again, from the Champs Discord. So after having seen two rounds, have you reconsidered your expected top eight from prior to round one? Have any teams surprised you enough to consider targeting them or conversely dropping players from uh, your team because of the team's poor run? 
or the poor form, rather. The Knights and Cowboys come to mind as positives for me, while Manly's Eels and Bunnies are not looking great. Look, I think two rounds, yeah, we've seen a little glimpse. I don't think I would make huge adjustments to my team just yet. I think it might be a pause on players you might bring in and you might reevaluate their draw, uh, you know, from, from in terms of a strength of schedule type thing as a result. But I'm going to wait for another one or two rounds before I make mass changes to my team based off that. But, like, for example, you know, the, the Bulldogs t- round three matchup was the target for turbo owners. But on the evidence of what we've seen so far, the, the Bulldogs might actually actually be better at defending right now and they could even put up a fight or even win and, and you might not see that free-flowing 60, 60 plus score that a lot of people were hoping to see uh, from the Seagulls against the Bulldogs so yeah I, there's plenty of examples of that I think you've highlighted a few teams I mean I'm trying not to be biased as a Broncos fan but I've seen their best defense in the rounds of one and two better than what they've been able to dish up the last few years as well so a lot of these teams that you thought were going to leak lots of points may not actually do so so I, I'd give it a few more rounds before I make any mass assumptions, but I definitely think there's there's enough. We've seen enough to have to reevaluate some of it. I'm going to jump over to Twitter. So from Sam Crichton at CryWolf, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Sam asks, the best downgrade option for Lukey? Now, I think this question depends on whether this is at front row forward or second row forward or whatever. Uh, at second row forward, there's really only two options. That's... Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming you have Targo, so I won't bring him out. But it's basically Alec McDonald, who's got a negative ten break even bottom dollar, or I mean, there's really no one else. Everyone else has a you know a positive break even or even higher. So I don't think unless you've got dual position to swap him out elsewhere. If it has to be second row forward, you've just got Alec McDonald. That's about it. Next question is from at Jack Bread. So to Noah Brown, to Josh King, or Leo Thompson might be played just purely for money generation, already have Max King. So, I mean, there's been a lot of chat on Twitter this morning about Leo Thompson's potential role, minutes, job security, all that type of stuff. Look, I'll be I'll be clear. I mean, there definitely are some question marks. I'm saying in the short term, while Clem is out uh, and, and there's been some mail that Lockie Fitz might be out for eight weeks or whatever, you know, there's, there's reason to suggest that at least for two, three, four weeks, Leo Thompson should be fine and... If you need to free up as much can, uh, cash as you can for this week, then I would lean his way. And because he's bottom dollar, he's going to make money faster than Josh King. I mean, so Josh King, if he continues to maintain his average, so he's scoring right now and he might not because, you know, cheese might be back sooner than we expected or whatever. But even averaging what he is now, it'll take him till round six to make about 110, 115,000. So someone who's cheaper like a Leo Thompson or Alec McDonald, which I've mentioned as well, Someone like that will, you know, even just averaging 30, 35 points per game by end of round five or round six could still make, you know, anywhere from 75 to 90,000 plus freeze up a lot more coin, you know, starting at 80 grand less than what they're doing now. So I guess if it's purely for money generation, I actually would say Leo Thompson, but I do think if you have, um, you know, question marks of depth or whatever, Josh, Josh King is a very viable, you know, 17th, 18th man at the moment. Similar question from Mitch Phillips at Mitch underscore Phillips. Is Mamasia to Josh King worth the trade? Clemmer and Fitzniven, uh, appreciate that. Good shout out. <laughs> Fitzniven out should see more minutes for Mamasia. Other option is to punt Bullimore for King. Look, I would go Mamasia out. The problem is, is Brody Jones uh, is not too far away. So it sounds like he's recovered from his quad strain. 
and it's just the COVID protocols right now that are keeping him out. He may not come into the team straight away, but I definitely think there's some question marks there for Mamasia. And as Wacko said in the past, he said in, in the pre-round one episode that Brody Jones may have actually started on the left edge ahead of Fitzgibbon and everyone else if he was fit. But yeah, the quad strain put him out of contention for that. So I definitely would yeah ditch Mamasia there. I think Bullimore, he probably needs to go soon anyway, but at least he'll make you a little bit of coin, I think. Uh, I think with the single-digit break-even. And, you know, he might, I probably wouldn't play him this week because you don't know what happens given he got hooked last week. But, yeah, he should at least score enough to make you some coin and then you can move him on for another option next week. Uh, and I guess Chris at Togs also a similar question, asking about Leo Thompson as an option for a Tenor Brown downgrade. How's the job security compared to Josh King? So Josh King's job security is far better. I can see him being there even in a full-strength 17 for the Storm. Leo Thompson... I mean, he's playing his way into and pushing his way up the depth chart, I think. But at the end of the day, he's always going to be behind both Saifidi brothers. He'll be behind Clemmer. There's a question mark as to whether he's also behind Barnett as a prop. And, you know, you've got Kurt Mann playing 60, 65 minutes there at lock. So, yeah, he's going to potentially struggle for minutes long term. So I think if you're definitely wanting someone that's going to be there for a long time, then Josh King... If you're wanting to downgrade, free up coin, and you're happy to maybe have to trade out Leo Thompson in a couple of weeks' time, then he's perfectly fine as a downgrade option, in my opinion. Next question, I'm jumping back to the Champs Discord. Whole heap of questions, basically, looking at second rowers. So guys like Frizzell, Curran, Olakuatu, Kikau, Yo, and also whether you sell David Fafida or Angus Crichton. Quick shout-out to Jumbles, Polly, Stewio, Jimmy, Nick VL. All the questions. So I'll start off just with the selling side of things. Like I said on the other episode, I do think I'm going to keep David Vita. I'm going to sell Angus Crichton with the mail that it seems like it's a genuine benching for Crichton and his role, whether he comes on, plays, you know, 55, 60 minutes on an edge uh, or maybe spend some time in the middle or whatever, that doesn't bode well. He's priced too highly to be able to, you know, hold him through that kind of situation. If you don't know how long he'll be out for, if he does start, I mean, it'd be ideal to keep him at least playing for, him for a decent school this week. But yeah, I've got some concerns there. So I'm rather, I'd rather just sell him, not have to worry about him being benched all the time. I'm going to keep Dave Feeder based on also Wacko saying he's probably going to play 80. You'd expect him not to have any issues with cramp or hydration or whatever, given, yeah, they're playing down in Canberra and most of the games coming up for him are all night games. So I wouldn't have any concerns about the heat or humidity or whatever. And I just think, you know, even if he will, he, he, I mean, he will definitely drop some cash. I just don't know how much he will drop because if he comes out and he scores a double this week, he might actually hit his break even or go over it, and he'll probably lose some cash eventually because scoring is regressing, and he's not going to maintain the likely eighty plus average that he's got. But if he bottoms out at like a 73, 74, 75 average, the cash loss isn't that much, and you've missed out on a heap of points and. Then you've got the dramas of when you trade him back in because I, I still think he's going to be there as a top three back rower. So I'm happy to hold him for that reason. As for Hugo down to, I mean, this is where you kind of need to make a decision on how you see the season playing out. If we are going back to 2020 kind of scoring, then I actually see a lot of appeal in someone like a Isaiah Yo because we know he can get it done. I mean, the way I see it, he's priced at his... I guess his bottom really, because he only averaged 66, 67 minutes, I think, uh, taking outside his uh, injury-affected game last year. But when he was playing, you know, f- a full game, 
that was what it was averaging minutes-wise, and he still managed to average about 59, 60 points per game. So if we're saying he's going to go back to 2020-type scoring, and he's right now he's playing 80 with all the middle forward outs for the uh, Panthers as well, I think there's a chance he'll continue that, at least in the short term. So he'll go up and make some cash. But honestly, like the way scoring is going, I just can't see him going back and averaging less than what he did last year. So this could be the cheapest price you get him all season, barring injury or suspension or whatever. So to me, I just kind of think he's a great option. He's going to give you a strong floor, and right now we're loving that. Right? It's all about the meat and potatoes forwards at the moment. But, you know, Yo also has a bit of upside. He does have a really nice passing game, and he can put some other guys over. So I like him. I think he's my standout just at the price. I mean, Curran's really good as well, but I kind of feel just because we haven't seen him play a game so far with Lodge actually getting normal minutes. So obviously Lodge missed round one, round two. He only managed 20 or so minutes before he went off six. So I do think maybe if this game he plays a full, you know, 40, 45, 50 minutes, whatever Lodge is meant to get, then does that eat into Curran's minutes? I don't know. So I'm happy to kind of wait and see at least another week. Because he's not that cheap, really. Like, I think with Yo being almost you know, over 80 grand cheaper than Curran, I think I'd much rather his security you know what his role is going to be. And the other option, I think Frizzell, I really like what I've seen so far. And the Knights have looked a lot better than what we expected. So it looks like they're going to keep using Frizzell, uh, you know, obviously to make meters, but also to, get, to be actually a bit of an attacking weapon. So... Yeah, he, he stands out to me. He's obviously a little bit more expensive too. But I, I right now, I, I think between those three, um, with the high base and base attack guys, so Yo and then Frizzell and then Karen is my ranking at the moment. Now, looking at some of the more riskier options, so Olakuatu, I, I, I wouldn't read too much into his base and base attack so far because he's had ridiculously high numbers of tackle busts. And sure, he might get more, but... I do think he's not going to average that many normally. It's an unsustainable rate. I think it's higher than what Fafita did last year. So I like I like him. I like the upside, but I'd also like to see a little bit more from the Seagulls. Right now, they're just not looking great, and he's looking like the best player they've got right now, which, you know, let's face it, this shouldn't be the case when you've got a Tom Trevojevic or also a Daily Cherry Evans in your team. So I like him. I'm keeping an eye on him, but I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm, I'm prioritizing the other guys first. Kikau's the one I just don't... I mean, unless something's finally clicked for him and 2022 is his year, I just don't like the look of it. At the end of the day, he doesn't play 80 minutes. Sometimes he does play a little bit more, but I think that was because of the outs. He might play 80 minutes this week. And, yeah, look, the reality is he scored two tries and still only failed to crack 90. And I kind of get the feeling that maybe the Panthers are leaning on him a little bit more because they don't have Cleary, you know. Cleary obviously adds a lot to their attack and their structures and things like that. And right now he is able to do some, you know, have, have his moments of individual brilliance, like when he charged down that kick and scored the try or, you know, when he gets in the clear and busts and a few tackles and, and gets the arm away for an offload for an attacking stat. So, you know, he'll do those. But outside of that, I don't see what's changed really from last year till now to make people so keen other than obviously he's looked really good rounds one or two. But I think anyone who had Kakao in their team last year could attest to the fact that he was very frustrating to own and he will give you as many high scores as he could give you low scores and you need to have, let's face it, you probably needed a Viliami Shrine, lots of uh, sleepless nights and the luck of Tim Moody in 2021 to be able to pick 
the right weeks to play Kikau every time. So yeah, it's not a headache I'd like to sign up for voluntarily. <laughs> Back to Twitter from Bing at Bing Numbers. The only way I can get Nico Hines is to trade out Dev Feeder or Turbo. Who should I pick? Yeah, like I said, I think I'm I'm at the point where I'm okay to hold Fafita and I think, yeah, definitely I'm still on the bandwagon to sell Turbo. It's scary, but I just think, yeah, there's enough there to make me think he's not worth holding, even if he's going to have a good game or whatever. So, yeah, I'd definitely ditch Turbo out of those two. Um, from Add to Deep Long Stop, original plan was to turn Hastings into Cody round five. Stick with the plan and grab Dearden for a few weeks or just upgrade to Brimo slash Dillbag, so Brimson, Dylan Brown, and you can't get Munster. Look, I know this sounds gross, but I actually don't mind Dearden at the moment. Right now he's getting to play actually a lot of second receiver on both sides of the field, and I think he's getting you know the ball in a lot of good attacking areas, and he's doing much better. Like Townsend is actually helping his game, so you know, especially if it's just for two weeks. He's got that ne- negative break even already, plus Broncos and the Warriors next two rounds, and then, yeah, selling him against the Roosters to get Cody Walker that week. Against the Dragons, yeah, I don't mind that. I feel like with Brimson, I just need to see a little bit more. We've only seen one game of him really playing, you know, 5-8, and it was, a great, it was a great start, that's for sure, but I just feel like I need a bit more. And Dylan Brown, look, unfortunately, as long as he's got that shadow of Jake Arthur hanging over him, it's just not great. And as a deal bags owner myself, I don't know if I'd actively go and trade him in right now. So I definitely would want to get to a Munster or a Cody Walker as a as, at the 5-8th position. Unless things change and, let's say, Sam Walker gets your position in round six, and then I think he could be a viable top three, five-eighth option that that can compete with Munster and Cody Walker, you know, as long as he's still got that goal kicking. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. All right, next question is from Daniel Thompson at DJT underscore 34. I want to trade out either Dev Feeder or Angus Crichton, who and why. So, yeah, I think I've gone through it. I, I definitely lean towards trading out Angus, just being benched at the moment. Not knowing how long that's going to be for. Yeah, I don't need that headache. The next question is from Jack Bauer at Mr. Horse NZ. Thanks, Catfish. Need your wisdom to free up cash for Hines, who I'm set to come in. Would you go for Feeded Current or Angus to Olakuatu, thinking these two as they play first by? Yeah, look, I think uh, Olakuatu from Angus is where I'd lean. And yeah, there's a couple other questions similar to that. Joshua at Joshua Duff 15. Uh, looking at downgrading Fafita currently on Yo for his safety and base, also considering Kakao for the money and current as a keeper. Thoughts? Well, I think I've laid it out. I'm definitely um, I'm going for Yo on those of those three. That's based off what we know so far, basically. And yeah, another question from William at WayZ3. Do I hold Angus? Yeah, I'm selling him myself. So, <laughs> all right. Jumping back to the Champs Discord for a bit. So Red King asks, do you think rushing in Harry Grant is wise after having a sample size of one game? Most guns have progressed this year with the rule adjustments. Would you recommend waiting two or three more games before we all jump in, or am I overthinking this? So I think this question depends who you have at hooker already. I feel like you know, it's a great start, and even without his attacking stats, he still would have scored about 54 or whatever, which is obviously lower than what his average is based off. But, I mean, Harry Grant's a freak. He's so good, and he's clearly the most creative hooker we have right now. That's That's my read on it. And he's, you know, really good at many areas, like good passing, uh, knows when to run the ball, very clever in terms of his pass selection and, and the way he reads the game. And, you know, Joe Fitz has mentioned, like, he's got the trait of 
he seems to have all the time in the world when he gets the ball and he got to learn off the best <laughs> in Cam Smith who also had that similar trait. So I'm, I, I don't have too many concerns over Harry Grant overall. The only concern I do have is how is he going to feel after having COVID for a week? Is he come back next week and he's fine to play? Or is he potentially going to be a little bit slow? So I think if you can afford to wait a week because you don't have a horrible hooker or whatever, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Gramsy asks, is Josh King a must-have? No, he's not a must-have, but I think he's a very good option if you need some cash and also want some depth in your front row forward position. So yeah, that's why I started with him. Justin from the Champs Discord says, I can't be the only one considering using back-to-back trade boosts. Yeah, look, I'm sure there are plenty out there who, who have had to. And I don't think it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously not ideal, but it's better to get your team fixed and ready to go cash generating, coming in, you know, stopping the bleeding from cash loss, et cetera, rather than, you know, just trying to save that one trade or one trade boost. Use it now and hopefully you don't have to use it later. One more from Harry. Munster, Brimston or Clifford at 5'8". Look, Munster, like I said, I think he's going to be in the top three five eights. I guess you can... I get you can go for Clifford to try and make some cash, but I'm just not. I mean, we've seen enough of Clifford to know that Supercoach isn't like his game isn't the friendliest for Supercoach. He's doing well now, but I just don't know if he can keep it up across the season. So to me, I just I'd like to go for the certainty that is Munster. Next question comes in from John at JVZ12. Would you play Schneider over Moses this week? That's a tough one. Obviously, Moses against the Eels, and as per. Waco's whispers may not be goal-kicking as well. Now, Schneider, though, the question is, is, well, I mean, we don't have confirmation he's ready to go yet. So the difficulty for that is Schneider does play, you know, the game after the Eels play. So I'm wondering, like, is there a chance that you would play both in your 17 anyway? Like, even if you start Moses as your starting half and then Schneider could be one of your reserves and if he's not in, then you move to someone who plays after him? Like... I guess I kind of think, well, I might actually be okay to play Schneider ahead of someone like a Jeremiah Nanai. And then if Schneider's out, then it's an, as simple as taking the R off Schneider and put him in on Nanai. But yeah, look, it's a tough one. If you knew for certain that Schneider was going to play and goal kick as per usual, then I kind of feel like I would take the risk on playing him against the Titans over the the... Moses and non-goal-kicking Moses over the storm in Melbourne. So very tough one. I think that's how I'd lean, but hopefully you can get some confirmation soon um, that tonight is definitely good to go. All right, one last question. That is from Stephen Ristevsky at Stephen underscore Risto. First trade, Haas in for Tomo. I assume that's Luke Thompson. And I'm tempted to hold for feeder, but my second row forward is immense. If you're in my situation, are you holding or are you downgrading for Yo type and upgrade Momosia to a firmer slash Hiku type? So looking at his team, Dave Fafita, Tamalolo, Taiko, Tuilangi, Momosia and Howarth in the second row. So yeah, I think with that, I definitely would want to do something there. But like I said, I definitely would want to still hold on to him if I can. Now, I can see you've got Aiken in your center wing and Taiko in your second row forward. You've also got Watson in your hooker position with Randall there as well. So I kind of think for you, and, and it's not ideal, but if you want to hold on to Dave Fafita, I would actually look at trying to do a Watson to maybe Starling, and then you can upgrade Momosia to whoever you can afford best there. I mean, ideally, if you can somehow find that money to get to Yo, that'd be perfect. But if you can't, then even if you just go Momosia, 
to Hiku by Aitken and you play Aitken in your second row for a week or two while Hiku makes a bit of quick cash hopefully and then you could actually swap him back to a back rower like I guess depends on who you can afford at that point so kind of that's how I think I'd play it at this stage all right that's enough questions for this week thanks as always for submitting them through it's always good for me to chat through them and it actually helps make sure I'm clear on my head what I'm thinking and and my thoughts and opinions and perspectives about various players and strategies so yeah I do appreciate it now I guess my last thoughts for this week and it comes from my own trades so I'm planning to trade out Angus Crichton I think with him being benched and it seems like Tupanua is likely to be okay I think there's there's some chat that he was seen at the captain's run as well as Connor Watson so yeah that's a positive sign there in which case if Crichton's on the bench I'm going to trade him out I'm probably going to downgrade him to Isaiah Yo since I've been talking him up. That gives me plenty of cash to be able to go Sam Walker to Nico Hines. And then, because I am going to use a trade boost, I'm going to make sure I can sort out my cash situation. So I may look at doing something like a Joey Manu down to a Peter Hiku just for a two-week cash grab. But I'm also really torn. I'm very high on Zach Lomax. You know, he scored a 50 last week despite getting sin-binned and he had like a tri-assist linebacker's drop by Ravalawa. So... Yeah, he looks really good, uh, <laughs> kind of tempted, but I do need to think of the long game because this is about cash generation, so yeah, I may be sensible and go for the cash-based trade instead, <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to wrestle with that until kickoff tonight, but yeah, look, that's enough for me, I will catch you guys again soon, all the best for your trades and your final decisions and obviously your captaincy picks and all of that type of stuff, so catch you guys again soon. Yeah.